Welcome to Growth Interviews. Real experts around the globe giving away their best so that you can become smarter. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Growth Interviews. It's my pleasure and joy to have here Krasimir Stankov, which uh, used to be one of uh, our best customers uh, four years ago, I think. He was, uh, he's an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. He has a large experience into e-commerce and not only in e-commerce. And uh, hopefully we're going to get a lot of insights from his uh, lessons learned. Thank you, Krasi, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hi, Valentin. So, Krasi, tell us uh, first how you how you got into the e-commerce industry at the beginning. Yeah, that was a, a it was a funny story actually because I had no intention to get into the e-commerce business anyways. Um, I did my first e-commerce was a, a, a telecom business which basically sold SIM cards SIM cards for cheaper roaming. If you remember the roaming issues we had back yeah. in the day. Um, so I, I built, I started that and the best way obviously to reach the customers was, uh, online because they were all over my markets. So I just couldn't be, couldn't establish the brick and mortar side of it. it just wasn't functional. Uh, so that's how I got into it. And, uh, that brought me, we, we won a couple of awards, um, very quickly. And that got me to, uh, get invited to participate in the, what was the next, uh, you know, the, our, our biggest e-commerce business we built uh, thereafter, uh, B-Fashion, this is how me and you met, um, which was a fashion fashion off-price uh, online business. Um, that business got, got to, if you remember, 10 million euro, basically, over a, a couple of year, years of, of development. Yeah. And at the time, I would call that explosive growth. The... The, the, the thing is, we knew nothing about e-commerce at the time. Uh, it was a big portion of, of us just being at the right time, at the right moment, at the right place at the right moment. And uh, that's how we, 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 we launched it. Um, thereafter, obviously, we got all the experience, uh, which, which probably wasn't enough because in the end, that business failed. Uh, but I have a little black book where I've written all the lessons. Uh, what not to do, <laughs> what not Great. to do if you don't want to be there, <laughs> which uh, I'd be happy to share with you and uh, anybody that wants to have a look at it. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, Krasi, if you if you can tell us a bit about the growth, what was the the uh, the growth pace and uh, what you were selling at B Fashion at the beginning and how you've uh, developed uh, the the company first? Yeah. So, so the business throughout all of its Great years. Um, we basically started with selling no name, no no brand, um, uh, fashion shoes and and clothes um, to to end consumers. Uh, the key the key USP at the time was the fact that one there w- there wasn't accessibility. There weren't that many out there doing the same uh, as us, or not at the scale we we were getting at. Um, the other thing was obviously. The price we, we were able to source products basically at, at a price that would pretty sure ensure the business was generating great margins. Um, we when I joined when I when I bought into the business the business was generating less than half a million euro per year. 
And just the next year, uh, after a year and a half, we actually ended up doing five million a year. And the following year, we did 10 million a year. Um, and that's whereabouts uh, things started getting wrong. Or, or actually, you know, funny enough, one of the things in my black book was that things uh, have been wrong uh, from the very beginning. And uh, I wish we knew about it uh, earlier. Uh, but but at the end of the the second and year, um, that's when when they actually showed uh, showed us we we felt that things are wrong, and and what do I mean, Valentin? And uh, I'll get straight into it if you don't mind. Yeah, um, I had a I had a very uh, it's a story actually. I had a very interesting meeting as we were doing our uh, next fundraising round. Uh, we were just about to 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 we had a few offers to to close different offers between five and 10 million euro for, for external fundraising funding. Uh, we had a, we, we were meeting a guy um, who's uh, managing, he's one of the shareholders of one of the most successful e-commerce businesses in Turkey, even still up to date. Uh, that guy is also a, a VC who manages uh, a fund that focuses on Eastern Europe uh, mostly. So we went to meet with him, and uh, before the meeting, he sent us a KPI sheet he wanted us to fill in. And and the bit was uh, when when I started doing it, when I started preparing for the meeting, I I looked at some of the KPIs and I said, "Oh no, there are things I actually don't even know. Um, I there, there, there was data that we don't even track at the time." And uh, the 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 thing is, he he wanted us. He was particularly keen to to know more about our repeat purchase customers and there was a format he wanted to fill this in and uh, we actually knew nothing about it <laughs> and um, anyways we gathered the data we put it all in and we went to the meeting with my partner at the time uh, in Istanbul um, and and as soon as we got into the meeting he went you know he says okay you tick the box you're doing 10 million a year you're in uh, but as soon as we got in he he really wanted to focus on the retention rate and he says hey guys you're your retention rate is like super low. <laughs> and at the time we, we really knew, we didn't think of it, we didn't think of it as being so important because the business was managed, was run based on PNL um, yeah. mostly. So top line, bottom line, uh, everything good. Let's keep on pushing. That was our theory at the time. And uh, my partner even engaged into a, 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 an argument <laughs> with the VC whether that's important or not, because the statement was, hey, look, we're making money. That's the P&L. We, we got all the customers. We, we're making money. We're profitable, almost profitable at the end. Well, does it matter if the customers are, uh, are repeat or not? And uh, yeah, of course, at the time, the big red light was already blinking in my head as I was listening throughout this conversation. Um, and and just, just uh, 10 months later, the business was uh, really unable to pay its bills. Uh, that's, that's what happened. Uh, so, so, hello? I, it, uh, I can't hear you anymore. Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. So let's go forward. You are in Istanbul. You, you've seen the, the, the red light. <clears throat> right. So got the red light blinking in my head. Say, hey, <laughs> you've got to pay more attention to, to what, what a guy who's built a 200 million euro business is telling you on top of. Uh, that he was a VC, so meeting a lot of businesses uh, all the time. Um, anyways, that investment didn't happen exactly exactly because the lack of retention we had at the time. 
but that 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 made me think actually hey what's what's going on let you know you got to dig into your numbers cuz just running the business on pnl um probably not enough uh in fact in fact at the time we started noticing hey you know we 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 were struggling to maintain our daily uh, goals revenue goals um, simply because at some point we would be pushing on the marketing, spending money, spending money, uh, but 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 not getting the 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 return we were needing at the time for a healthy PNL or at least what we were chasing. So that was already showing even on a PNL level that something is wrong. Um, so we went back. Uh, at the time we hired a, a very qualified, we imported a very qualified CFO from uh, the UK, you remember him. And yeah. we started digging, in fact, with your help, we started digging into, into the metrics a little bit better, um, only to find out that 72% of our customers would never buy a second time, <laughs> uh, leaving, leaving the rest uh, as repeat per customers. So basically what had happened uh, throughout the time while we were busy growing the companies, we, we had run out of customers, simple as that. Not only we ran out of customers who are willing to buy our stock, but uh, we also ran out of customers who are willing to buy a second time, simply because the percentage was so low that uh, in the end, you just really need to spend a lot of money on, on marketing to acquire new customers, but then they wouldn't come in at the cost that, that would make any sense to buy them at. Um, and, uh, and that's where I basically started learning all about lifetime value, retention, uh, the RFM models with you, how to get the customers back onto their feet and purchasing again. And that is when we understood that we need to actually look into our customer and, and, and not only listen to what they're saying, but actually hear, hear them what they want to say to us. And uh, that's when we did all the focus groups uh, and, and, and basically yes, try to establish the different buyer personas to approach them. Um, long story short, and I can dig into it, but that was that was basically a little bit too late to pay attention to to actually make a difference and and keep the business as big as it was at the time. And eventually, it failed because it's it's very hard to 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 restructure in in such a short period of time to set for the new uh, volumes that you were shifting at the time. Yeah. So. So, Krasi, if I if I get this wrong, what were the the metrics of success before having this, uh, let's say, insight or uh, bad news from from the VC, and what which were after after you realized uh, that? Yeah, that brings me actually to the it, it, most most people I speak to nowadays into. E-commerce, they they just they just look into the wrong KPIs, or they just set up too many KPIs to look at, which are which are probably not as important. Thing, things are a lot simpler than than they sound. So, as I told you, we were actually operating the business entirely on a PNL level, PNL uh, based on the PNL. All we were looking at is how much we're selling, what's the marketing, what's the operation cost, are we profitable or anywhere near. Uh, and does that work for us? And at the time when we were we were actually expanding in in ten different countries, we actually reached fourteen at the point. Uh, but we were operative in ten different countries, and that was kind of easy um, because you know any new country you enter into, 
Um, first, you get the easiest and the cheapest customers that suit your business. But you know, the moment you want to grow it, it does become a little bit more complicated and more expensive. So for us at the time, it was okay because we just kept on entering into new countries, new markets. That was bringing the growth. So on a PNL level, everything looked fine. Uh, we were all happy. Investors who didn't understand e-commerce were also happy. They would come in, <laughs> put in more money. Um, and uh, yeah, it sounded like a nice little dream that we were dreaming of and, and that we're actually delivering. But it was actually false. Um, right after I took over the company, you probably remember that moment. We The focus was entirely, we, we said, scratch that. We told everybody in the company, don't even look at the P&L. We, we don't want you to to focus on any of the numbers in the P&L at the time. All we care about was was a couple of things. One is retention. And and the reason we did retention was simply that was the, the, the metric the KPI that mostly impacted the lifetime value, which at the time was extremely low in our case, um, simply because of the lack of any retention, I would say. Um, and and then the other thing was, uh, fuck, we need to stop here. <laughs> I forgot what was the, the other thing, Valentin. Um, we're going to have to... One was the customer retention, which affected the lifetime value and the... Uh... Other things, maybe satisfaction or NPS or what? What else? Um, or ooh, it was conversion rate. I don't know. Average order value. No, no, no. Let me let me think. There was three key things. Fuck, I forgot. <sighs> Sorry, man. Um, no worries. Let me let me Our look into my gonna make it happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I got into it, we were looking at, at retention. We started focusing on retention and um, um, margin at the time, yeah? Um, yeah? So retention and margin. The reason we looked at margin is because one very simple thing. As, 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 as sales started going down or they weren't happening as easy, so, as easy, so they needed all the marketing support, and money to, to support it, we figured out, okay, we'll simply drive prices down to to drive revenues up and sales up, which was one of maybe one of the most terrible mistakes we could do because the moment you, you push prices down, it's almost impossible to put them back up whenever you need it. So that drove margin. And at the time we said, okay, whatever, whatever we do, whatever happens to the company, even if it has to shrink, even if it has to go reduce its sales, any sales happening going forward need to be sustainable. Any, anything that happens needs to be sustainable. It needs to be there. It, it just not just, let's not, let's not just make the day. Let's make the year. Let's make the next five years. So we looked at retention and whatever drives retention, and, and you know there was there are many many things that drive retention, um, and we looked at, at the margin at which we want to sell, uh, which on the other hand, it was all tied up to the stock. And Valentin, I'm going to tell you, we had many issues, many reasons why that business went down. But the, one of the key things was we, we figured out we actually had lowered the quality of stock we were doing. We were, we were offering to the people. So no names, basically stuff produced in China. And I don't mean that's necessarily bad because most of brands are produced in China now. But, but we were, in, in order to sustain, in order to sustain the, the, the pressure 
um, from, from having to spend a lot of money on marketing, we were bringing price down, as I said. But to, to sustain that, we were actually purchasing cheaper products in order to, to be able to maintain that price level down, which over time pushed the, the quality of the product being uh, unsatisfactory to the customers. So, 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 so that was one of the key issues we, we, had, we had actually done without even understanding we were doing this properly. And uh, uh, at the time, we, we then started looking to the customers. We started listening to the customers and we started, we, we did a focus group um, uh, study where we, I think, interviewed something like 100 people at different times, customers, repeat customers and one-time customers. And we asked them what they think about the business. And, and the answers were something we didn't even expect at the time, but, but they, simply, they simply associated our business with low-quality product. So the sole reason they were buying, obviously, was price. So it's a little bit of entertainment shopping. Okay, I'll buy this. Probably not going to be any good, but I'll buy it simply because it's cheap. But in the end, they, they, you know, that, that's not really sustainable. So... So the low quality of products uh, had had been one of the key reasons for them not not uh, not purchasing again uh, or a second time for most of the customers. Um, so, so the full the full focus at the time was okay. Let's change the product. Let's change the product so we can get the customers happy again. Um, and honestly, that's the time we did the RFM model with you. Uh, thanks a lot, by the way. That was a very good and simple lesson. Um, but uh, at the time, we, we figured out, okay, let's approach the customers ba- based on the different segmentations uh, of, of the RFM. Uh, but what we found out, actually, it was quite difficult to re-engage the, the one-time customers at the time because they had simply made up their mind, okay, that guy, those guys are just selling stuff that's no good and, uh, and we don't want to re-engage. And that would have been a very long process to, to, to get them back on and, and to change the customer's perception of the business, uh, at which the business just didn't have the time to, to actually invest, uh, couldn't sustain the time to, to, to make it happen. So the only alternative was to focus on new customers. Whatever was left out there of, of, customers, of customers was, okay, let's get in new customers. Let's make sure everything's excellent. Uh, in the end, they, they, they would be happy and they would come in again. And we said, let's do that with new type of stock. So we introduced new types of stock. Um, and we did get a lot of the new customers happy. And we did see the increase of the, of the, of the uh, retention and, and overall satisfaction of the customers. Uh, but <laughs> with, the, with the major 180 degree turn in, in the type of stock we were shifting at the time, we lost all the... 20%, 28% of customers who were actually purchasing and happy with our stock in the back. <laughs> so, and, and long story short, you know, in the end, you, you can, a lot of people just focus on new customers and growth and, and they do, but they forget that in the end, imagine you've gotten all the customers out there, then all, all customers become repeat customers. And if you, it's, it's that simple. If you're just not t- taking care of them and providing value to them, whatever, your own definition of value is they're simply not going to come again and and you just need to focus on them get if they come in again all new customers would be happy as well that makes sense Krasimir. and uh, thanks for uh, for for sharing this i 
I don't think it's uh, it's painful yet for you to realize this because there are uh, some years passed since that moment. But can you please tell me, because I'm still shocked and uh, I'm in this industry for 13 years already in the e-commerce and uh, I'm still seeing a lot of uh, e-commerce owners and entrepreneurs being hypnotized about things like traffic or uh, revenue growth, year-over-year year growth, uh, like you've said, the, the overall p and profit. Why do you think this happens? Um, well, that, you know, I think about it all. It happens to me all the time. And up, up until today, I, I have people who call me and they want to uh, tap into my experience or, or get some advice. Um, so all the time I get all kinds of strange questions. And, and I see that most most e-commerce entrepreneurs they 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 actually don't focus on the on the right things again and again and again they just keep on looking at the wrong data uh, uh, they they keep on spending a lot of efforts uh, time money uh, doing the wrong things like you know what's the color of this button or where do I put that button and and in the end is I, I you know it's not about where that button is and yes it may it may change. It may impact your business. Um, it may impact your business because you know if 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 the core of your business is is good and you're adding value to the customer and everybody's happy, then all the tweaks and changes that will you know the fine tuning can make a quite a big difference uh, to to your business. Um, you know a, a lot of. Why do you think they have this, uh, let's say, short sight approach towards growth? Because at the end of the day, Cross, it's about you, them looking only at the first conversion. While, I don't know, companies like Amazon or Starbucks or you name them, all they do is uh, installing habits to their customers so that they are happy and then they, that they come back. However, in e-commerce, I'm seeing that this, the, the majority of the, of the companies that are not thriving are not thriving because of their of the mentality of the owner, and I think that's the the, the main source of uh, growth growth and the main source of the disaster as well. However, why do you think this happens? Why why is this short sighted uh, uh, approach towards growth on them? Do you think it's a matter of education, or do you think it's simply a, a matter of uh, I don't know natural selection? Well, exactly. Short sightedness, as you said it. Uh, I'll tell you why why it happened to me. <laughs> um, in the end, um, I, I wish I wish I I'd listened to more people um, who 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 had done it already at the time um, and and dig a little bit more into what's important and what's not. There are, you know, now now it, this is a very dynamic market, and and the, you know, if you just type e how to do e-commerce in Google, you probably get hundreds of thousands, even marketeers who are going to tell you all kinds of stuff, which is simply not important. There is plenty of knowledge out there. There is plenty of knowledge you can tap into and, and, and try and get the, the, the essence of it and the most important bit. At the time, you know, when, when your PL is going well and you're growing and you're thinking, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm making money, I'm growing five times a year, then, then you're thinking, hey, I'm doing, obviously I'm doing it all right. <laughs> Um, and until that day comes when you realize you're not, but, but that's, yeah. uh, a little bit too late. And as I said, I wish I had tapped into all the knowledge that's out there. And I had listened to, to people who are experienced, who have, who have done it. Um, but in the end of the day, uh, Valentin, this is a business just like every other business. And a lot of, 
a lot of the people, a lot of the people that start e-commerce businesses, they come, they come, they would come and ask me questions, and they're all looking for this one magic solution to to help their business grow or or explode, just because it's e-commerce, and they think it's all about the, uh, you know, the, the 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 traffic and the conversion. They're all looking at these big Google dashboards uh, that give them, uh, you know, all these numbers, which which stand alone, they don't really mean much. Um, in in the end. And in the end, it's it's a lot more simpler, just like every other business. If you give the value to the people, assuming you're 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 running the business um, correctly, of course, and you're focusing on the right on the right KPI, the people will come back. Imagine, imagine if you set up a, a store, and I do. I'll give you the example as from my point of view, being in fashion all these times. So you know, uh, imagine if you if you set up a store, just a sim- simple store on the street, and you're selling dresses or you're selling clothes. If 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 the customers, if you know, if the customers don't come back, which are in the immediate range uh, uh, within where whatever your store is around your location, if they come in once and they don't come back, uh, you know, you gotta have to move the store. Would you do that? No, you just close it down because you can't just move to different places in town to get new customers. They come in once and they don't come in again, and then you move and then you move and you move. It doesn't work this way. It's the same in every business. You need your repeat customers to come back and buy. The difference, and 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 the difference why a lot of the, you know, a, a lot of you can see a lot of, a lot of people having stores and small stores, and these are people without any, you know, education or business uh, education, I would say, uh, in their life, and they're running their stores well. But but the, the sole reason for that is that they're out there in their stores. Speaking to the customer and seeing what works, what doesn't work. In in the online version, you get a lot of people also without all that knowledge and that ability to read metrics or to understand metrics. Um, they come in, they do an online business, um, but they they would have difficulties one understanding the right KPI, what kind of KPIs do they need to look at, and two, they would not properly analyze the data. Um, uh, they they would not get draw the right uh, uh, takeaway points from the data that they they would gather, and uh, they all focus on on what they think is new and important for the e-commerce business, but they 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 just uh, overcomplicate it in many of the times. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's that simple. A, a lot of people, I'm sure nowadays, they don't track even. They don't know what's their retention. They don't know what's their lifetime. Um, yeah. And that's where we show up, yeah, because that's what we are uh, we are uh, building right now with uh, with our latest uh, latest product, which is called Reveal. So, a bit of uh, plug here: if you if you are an e-commerce uh, entrepreneur, or owner, or manager, and if you are uh, curious about how to track retention, how to use RFM segmentation, so simply give us an email because we'll be glad to to assist you. Uh, moving a bit further, Krasimir, do you think, do you think at, at this moment uh, that this was a good thing in your experience, in your life, life experience or not? How do, you, how do you see this episode of your life after uh, all these years? Uh, are you speaking about the failures <laughs> in particular? Yeah, I'm speaking about this experience. Yeah, and yeah. how do you uh, how do you approach failure? Because we we are we here are Eastern Europeans, both of us, and we both know that uh, too many people are looking at failure like. Uh, yeah, as a terrible and bad thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 
it, it happens to me. You know what's the difference, actually? I wouldn't even say it only Eastern Europe, too, but, but in general, in, in Europe, if you failed, you're, you're no good <laughs> in, yeah. in, most, in most cases. In the States, you know, if you fail, they, they call and say, hey, come, come work for me because I want to tap into the, the experience from that failure. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit lucky, I guess, because I'm an entrepreneur. I've just, you know, I haven't spoken to you a lot recently, but I've just built a, my new business, which is running super, super good at the moment. Um, so I'm not dependent, uh, let's say on my, on my failures in particular. So I, and I don't, I don't mind sharing them. Uh, you know, I meet people, I meet people and I say, you know, as a first sentence, Hey guys, I failed in uh, doing this, but here's my advice. And, um, and I'm, I'm actually super grateful that this happened because, um, I'm just about to launch my new, um, online business, which, uh, is actually a B2B business. Um, yeah. that's going to be up and running in, in a month from now. And, um, I have certainly put in all the efforts not to repeat all the mistakes I've done in the past, which have basically causes millions. Um, yeah. so, so, so I, I urge anybody, of course, if, if you fail, that's good. Fail again and again and again and again. Just the main thing is everybody says, don't give up. Don't, yeah, don't give up. And, and listen to other people who make sense and have failed because you're going to learn valuable things. And, and as I said to you, um, you know, to, to many people, you know, now, nowadays, if when I speak to people, I, I see that, that people in e-commerce generally do know what's lifetime value and they've heard it, they've read about it, they've Googled it and so on. Um, back in the day, there, there wasn't so, so much resource on that. And uh, I, I wish, though, we, we had dug deeper into it at the time and tried to understand it better because you get blinded by, by the overall numbers, um, by, by the P&L. You get blinded. And uh, when we started working with you, you were one of the first eye-openers. But if you probably remember, it wasn't easy. We, we even had arguments whether something was important or not important. And if I look back now, I'd say I wish I'd listened to you more even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't, we can't uh, turn back the time. So, Krasi, I, I'm glad that we, we, we've been able to, to get all these advices from, uh, from you. Uh, we will have to wrap it up. Where people can reach, reach out to you if they are interested to hear more about uh, you, what you're doing currently. Um, okay, so I've, I've just quickly about me, I've set up a B2B wholesale business after all the experience I've, I've built in the past with, with wholesale, wholesaling uh, uh, clothes and shoes in general. Uh, we set up a warehouse in Bulgaria um, and, and we have, we're basically selling branded stock uh, from, from previous collections at a, at, a, at, a, at a very good attractive price. And that's going to also transform into a B2B online business that we are going to allow people from mostly Central and Eastern Europe as a target to access our stock without needing to, to come and see us in, in Sofia uh, and without needing to drive. So this would allow the, the small retailers or not only also big retailers, we, we actually work with some of the very big ones in, in our region to tap into some, uh, some years of, of experience and ability to, to really get the best stocks through, through our website. So the company is called Puzzle Brands. If people want to reach out to me, uh, of course, they can do that through LinkedIn, being the best channel to do so. Uh, 